Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Okay, with that, I'd like to go ahead and welcome Dina to the show. Good day, Dina. Hi, Robert. Great to be here. Thank you. I am looking forward to our conversation. Um, I am a, a flower lover, <laughs> so I've uh, really learned a lot by reading your book, and, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with the listeners. So let's let's start with the you know when did your interest in flowers and therapies begin? Yeah, thanks for asking. So it began um, quite early on in my life. Um, you know, I struggled with a lot of issues as a teenager and in my early life. And um, my life was sort of turned around when I found um, Dr. Edward Bach's book, Heal Thyself, which is his, um, you know, exploration of flower therapy. And he is the father of flower therapy as we know it in modern times. And, um, you know, the whole message is about how we can utilize, in this case, the agents of nature to heal emotional challenges. And so for me, um, that was very, that, that was just a very delicious idea that we could use the energy from flowers, something so accessible, something so beautiful, and something so gentle but to work on a really deep level. So, um, you know, I played with this idea and with his system of healing for about 30 years now, and um, it wasn't until about seven or eight years ago that I sort of started introducing it to clients. So it was a long journey of self-healing, and, um, you know, that's sort of my passion, I would say, is uh, healing mm -hmm. and primarily self-healing. And so, um, yeah, it was about 30 years ago, and um, it's been just a beautiful process of self-discovery. Yeah, it is um, it is a, a beautiful modality, uh, both visually and um, through other senses as, as well. Um, so what led you to do this uh, oracle deck with guidebook? What, what was kind of, how did that get born? Right. So um, I began writing the affirmations as a way, <clears throat> excuse me, to to um, you know sort of study the flower essences. So um, Dr. Bach lines out 38 different flowers, and each one connects us to a different emotional challenge. And then the idea is that we offer it the energy of the flowers. In this way, um, it's a it's an internal process. We take the essences internally to help us to transform the negative emotions. And so um, when I was going through box training, I sort of created affirmations like um, as flashcards, as a way for me to remember what each flower was for. And then when I had started doing this, you know, I started offering affirmations to friends, to family members. And one such person um, was an illustrator, Audrey, and she's the woman who did the drawings. And so we decided that we were just going to kind of put the two together sort of as a labor of love, I would say, as an art project. And then as I got more deeply involved with it, um, I thought, oh, this would make a wonderful book. And then as I started um, shopping it around to different publishers, Schiffer is the publisher who picked it up, and it was their idea to make it into an oracle deck, which sort of to me was like a no-brainer. Like, it was, it was funny that I didn't see it. It was sort of right in front of me. But, I mean, I just love it. You know, I love that it's an oracle deck because not only does it add to the process of flower therapy if you're using remedy, but if you're not using remedies, it feels like a standalone process. Yeah, that that, that is true. Um, so 
with the affirmations, uh, did was it did you just I mean in creating the affirmations was it just you kind of going into like meditation and focusing on it or, or uh, you know what was the process for those yeah. for writing those? Yeah, thanks for asking that. So I actually took one remedy a week to try to learn about it, and my idea was that if I if I focus on one remedy a week, then I will get more information about what the flower has to offer. Even though I was going through training and, you know, they give us the flower indications, I sort of wanted to experience it myself. And so mm -hmm. over that week-long process, I would just kind of jot down phrases and words and images that came to me. So it's great because um, in, in doing the editing for the book, you know, I got to look back over my journals. And it's just, um, yeah, it's amazing to me that back then when I was, like, still kind of digging down into what each remedy meant, that I was experiencing the energy provided by each essence. And in that way, I was enlivening it through the written word. You know, I've always been a writer and love poetry and haiku and things like that. And so um, just these, these beautiful phrases were sort of coming alive. And to me, like even now, I, I, I create a combination flower remedy for myself once a month, and I still read the affirmations out loud. And for me, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing journey. Like, I've been doing this work for 30 years, and I still continue to learn more and more about what the flowers provide through the written word, but also, like I'm saying, through the energetic resonance that can be felt. So, yes, it was a very meditative process. Yeah, that's it's. I think it's just wonderful to be able to have kind of immersed yourself, you know, in those, um, you know, weekly kinds of um, attention. Now, I did read in, in the, the guidebook, the book, um, that you had um, helped friends who had an organic flower farm, and you began to notice personalities of the flowers. So tell me about that, because I, I find that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I bet you do because <laughs> I've seen your photography and apparently you're called to the energy of flowers, right? So, um, I mean, I think I was always a flower lover. I mean, who doesn't love flowers? And, you know, I kept my own little patches of gardens here and there throughout my life. But um, it's true. I was asked by a good friend um, to help in harvesting their flowers. They were um, working for, for a farmer's market at the time and they sold bouquets of flowers. But these two friends of mine, um, they had like a, I believe it was on three or four acres, um, an organic flower farm. And we would go out at the crack of dawn on Thursday mornings, right at sunup. And uh, you can imagine um, when the dew collects on the flowers, right? We've all seen sort of images mm -hmm. of that. And I remember how it just kind of drew me in to the, the effervescence of each flower. And that's kind of the only way I can explain it because to experience it is really more profound, you know, to be visually and physically present in a garden at sunrise, you know, where you, you are, in fact, trying to communicate with the flowers. So these friends of mine were um, very, they're very spiritual people. And you know, they sort of taught me how to harvest flowers without taking too much from the plant. And they, you know, they know how to save seed and, you know, keep the regeneration going and give thanks and give gratitude for the flowers growing. And so, yes, um, I kind of like fell in love with each flower I was working with. Um, you know, I remember there were... Um, like patches of lavender that we would cut. And, you know, there was a certain time of day when you wanted the sun to kind of be higher up. So I was noticing, like, for instance, you know, the erect um, way that lavender grows and the way it sort of reaches up toward the sun. And it's drought tolerant, so it's very, um, you know, it, it holds that energy of, of sort of the light. I would say. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was just kind of communing with each flower in itself. And I guess at the time when I was in it, I didn't, I wasn't doing flower therapy as a professional practice. So I didn't really realize then what the, the, you know, say the, 
the spiritual indications were that would help people to transform emotions. Even though I had been dabbling in flower remedies and, and working with the box system, I guess I really didn't know until years later when I was um, I was suffering from a severe physical illness that kind of came on out of the blue. I had um, a business that my husband and I were 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 doing was a performing arts business where um, and it had suddenly closed. We couldn't afford to to do this anymore, and. I didn't know it at the time, but um, I had been suffering from a severe rash on both of my palms that then continued up, both of my arms that then continued to my calves. Never had this before in my life. And I went to several doctors, allergists, you know, just trying to find out, like, what it was, how I can rid myself of it. And it wasn't until I kind of paused and realized that um, there's always an emotional component. Right. Whenever we're suffering from something physically, there always seems to be an emotional component at the root. So I think um, after working with some other healers who sort of led me down that path, I began realizing that I was suffering from depression because my business had closed. And um, you know, I was getting to be like middle age and feeling sort of irrelevant, you know, like, like where is my life going? What's my path? And I recalled that, um, you know, I had always been studying, self-studying the healing arts my whole life since I was a teenager. And I decided to kind of delve deeper back into flower therapy. I was like, you know, it called to me. I, I remembered it. And uh, as I delved deeper into it, I began taking flower remedies that correlated to the emotions I was feeling around my illness. And um, at that time, the, the main emotion was sort of like a disconnection from life. I felt listless. I felt like I, I just couldn't kind of get back into life. And so I'm just going to throw it out there. The Bach remedy for that is wild rose. And so I used wild rose for a few weeks. And I remember day by day, my sense of being connected with life just kept expanding and opening up. And I didn't feel so depressed anymore. And so then I really wanted to seek out what it was that I needed in my life in order to fully heal and come to, you know, come into being. And that was really um, studying flower remedies. And so it was funny because I remember I did a Google search of um, flower essence classes, which if anybody does a, a search of that now, there's, there's some out there. But even like seven years ago, there really wasn't much outside of the box center. But ironically, there was a class that was um, pretty close to where I was living at the time that was starting a few weeks later. It was a six-week class in flower essence therapy. So I signed up for it. And at the same time, I also um, registered for the Bach Registered Foundation class. And um, I did the two simultaneously. And it just opened my eyes to a world of, like, self-healing, my rash began to clear up slowly but surely, and um, I never looked back. And then I just began not only healing myself even on a deeper level, but I began offering it to clients. And that was really like the turning point for me when I could see the work coming to life and really helping people to heal. Um, yeah, and it's just been an amazing journey ever since. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, with the you, know, you talk about flower essences. So, in tell tell the listener, tell us um, exactly, um, you know, what what is is it um, using um, you know, extracts or what are the different ways that one would utilize, you know, flower essence. Yes. Yes. So um, the Bach Center in the UK still makes all of the 38 original Bach essences, many of them from the same plants that Dr. Bach used in 1930. And so they are herbal extracts, but they're not the same as herbal remedies, which treat the physiological conditions, right? Like if we, um, we use echinacea when we're sick and it helps to build our immune system. The difference with flower essences or flower remedies 
is that they work on the more subtle energetic level. So it's more of like the spiritual property of the flower that then relates to the corresponding emotional challenge, not the physical challenge. So when we're working with um, clients or when I'm working with students, I like to remind them that we're not we're not prescribing based on the physical challenge. So that's not to say that I don't work with people who have physical challenge. Many people come to me um, suffering from all sorts of physical challenge. But the idea is to get to the emotional part of the physical challenge. So how is this physical challenge making you feel? Is it making you sad? Is it making you angry? And then kind of like peeling back the layers from there. So then um, we can prescribe the corresponding remedies. And the remedies are, in fact, taken internally. Um, but when I say it's the subtle or the spiritual energy of the plant, what I mean is that it's more of a homeopathic dose. So, like I said, it's not the, the physical property of the plant that treats physiological illness. It's the very minute essence, energy of the flower. So the way these are created is they cut the flowers in full bloom. Um, most of them, I believe, are still set out in the sunlight. So the sun catalyzes the energy of the flower that's set in a bowl of water. And then we take that energized water and we preserve it. And then you're able to take the remedies internally. So um, I think most listeners are probably um, probably understand what homeopathic medicine is, right? Do you, Robert? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. yes and yes. and most of my so listeners probably do. <laughs> sure. So it is it, it is considered in the UK it is considered homeopathy. So it's the very subtle energy of the plant, of the flower. Yeah. Okay. That that's great to know. And and we're gonna um, in the the second half of the show I wanna kind of talk a, a bit about uh, those uh, different um emotional challenges. Um but um mm-hmm. Can, can one of the things also read um, in the book was uh, that uh, you indicate that healing from trauma is an endeavor that requires courage and patience. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, for those listening who you know want to have a, a real quick fix, that this you know might they might want to consider mm-hmm. the fact that it. So can you tell us a little bit about the idea that it requires courage and patience? Yeah, I, I love those two words. <laughs> um, well, I think courage to be able to face the trauma or face our challenges with um, emotional honesty, courage to be able to step up and um, and and do the work of healing. So, you know, even though I, I think that the energy of the flowers is deeply profound um, spiritual medicine, I think to begin with it, um, you need to be able to, to take on the the work of healing because I don't I don't think it's magic, okay? I mean I do think there's magical components of it, but I don't think that it's magic. Mm-hmm. I think what's more magical is our ability to heal. Okay, I think we all came into this world with an innate ability to heal ourselves. But it does take courage to sort of recognize that within ourselves. So that's like a, another form of work that I do with people is um, I do a lot of creative visualizing. I do, um, you know, guided visualization work. And one of the things we do is see yourself as your own healer, like see yourself as your healer self. And whenever we go into this vision, um, the way we see ourselves is really strong, empowered, um, resourceful, resilient. And so that's like, you know, that's what's at the root of taking on any, any modality, any therapy, is you step up to being your healer self, which is courageous. And then patience, because um, healing is a lifelong practice. And I know that many people who are suffering um, just want to alleviate the suffering. And they don't, they don't want it, you know, to be a lifelong practice. But the good news about that is, is that when we see it as a lifelong practice, we see everything that is in our past as an opportunity for growth and learning. And that's all that it is. So we begin to transform our, maybe our negative beliefs about what pain is or what illness is or, 
you know, the difficulties in healing, it's, it's really quite easy if you embrace a healer's mindset. And I assure everybody, all of my students, everyone I've ever worked with, that you came into this world knowing how to do this. It's just that life got in the way. And so when we can kind of, like, get out of our own way of, like, negative thought patterns or, or seeing ourselves as small, then everything just opens up before us. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, guys, we're about halfway through the show already, Dina, so I'm going to take just a quick 90-second break. And then when we come back, I want to go and talk, uh, discuss some of the, the challenges, the emotional challenges and, and, and the, the flowers that can help, um, help in that healing process, okay? So hold on, we'll be right back. Beautiful. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dina Salisi, and we are talking about her new Oracle deck and guidebook, Listening to Flowers, Positive Affirmations to Invoke the Healing Energy of the 38 Bach Flowers. And again, you can find out more uh, about this deck and other services that Dina has to offer by visiting her website, which is dinasalisi.com. And that's D-I-N-A-S-A-A-L-I-S-I dot com. Okay, with that, we're back, Dina. Hi, we're back. Uh, great. So I want to go through and you know, talk about just some of the emotional challenges that um, are addressed with the, the deck. Um, and... Let, let's start with fear. <laughs> fear was uh, the first one listed. Um, and it, it's one that I think really affects so many people. Um, but in, in that particular section, you talked about there were, you know, there were different types of fears and, and different yeah. types of flower essences to, to address them. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, just the importance of the emotion fear and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, a particular um, flower fear kind of combination. Yes, yes. So, um, yes, Dr. Bach lined out seven different categories of emotional challenge, and then the 38 flowers each fit into those seven categories. So fear is the very first one that he has lined out. So I did the book and the flowers in his order. So, um I feel like fear is the first one because, like you just said, it's so relatable, right? I mean, it's we've all experienced fear. And then the idea that there could be, like, at least, but he named five different ways that fear shows up for us. So, um, you know, the, the most common way that fear shows up, I would say, is in fears that we can name. So that's like anything, like public speaking, I'm afraid of spiders, I'm afraid of flying on an airplane. Um, and that's the mimulus flower. 
So um, it's definitely of the five beer flowers. I think it's the, the most widely used. And it was actually my entree flower. Like when I first started working with flower therapy personally and, um, you know, the first flower that I reached for was Mimulus. I was a really shy, intimidated child and even a young adult. And, um, you know, just the fact that I'm here now speaking with you on this <laughs> podcast is proof that the Mimulus remedy works because I worked <laughs> with it. And as I worked with it as a young adult, I began to break out of my shell. And, I'm, I mean, I could remember prior to that time, fear for me was being afraid to use my voice. And um, I really came into my own in, in part and parcel from this flower. Um, and then, like, there's a, another way um, – uh, another level of fear is when we can't name the fear. Like, we just kind of feel afraid, but we don't know why. It's sort of like a, a free-floating anxiety feeling. And that's aspen remedy. And anyone who's ever observed an aspen tree knows that at the slightest breeze, it quakes, it shivers. And that's one way that I remembered um, what aspen was used for when I was burning because of the shaking you kind of feel inside. And interestingly, when we were um, in the throes of the pandemic, um, I remember I was just getting so many people that were afraid and they didn't know why. Like, sure, they could name you, I'm afraid of getting sick, but it was more like a free-floating feeling of fear. I used so much Aspen <laughs> with people during that pandemic time. And you know what? Everybody was just telling me how great it was to feel a sense of inner calm and inner peace and stability through the lens of the aspen flower. So those are just two, two of the um, fear remedies. I don't want to, you know, go into them all because no. I don't want to complicate it too much right now. But yeah. No. no, okay, that's great, yeah. And, and you know, I think that's, um, you know, particularly during the, the pandemic, the period of the pandemic, you know, there was a lot of free floating fear and anxiety yeah. you know that that um people experienced um now one one of the other um areas that i think is also very relevant to our recent human experience was is is the third one which which was which is um insufficient interest in <laughs> present circumstances <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I thought, you know, that is an interesting topic. <laughs> I mean, it, it, um, uh, anyway, and, and under that one, you um, also had, uh, you know, indicated um, insomnia and depression as, as part of, you know, items that fall into that area. So tell us a little bit about the idea of, you know, insufficient interest in present circumstance. Yeah, and I love that you picked that one out <laughs> because, like I said, I used Dr. Bach's exact language, and, and some of it is like, you know, that's that's a mouthful, right? But I love that it made sense to you because, it again, it's super relatable. Like, um, you know, we talk about insomnia. And, again, when we're, when we're prescribing flower remedies, we're really careful to not say, this one's for insomnia. It's more like, how, if someone's suffering insomnia, how does it show up for them? And oftentimes mm -hmm. when we can't sleep, it's because of an overactive mind, right? Like I know when mm -hmm. I have trouble sleeping, it's because I'm lying there sort of replaying um, scenarios in my mind about things that were said or, you know, just not being able to turn my mind off. And so that's white chestnut. And that one is also, I think at one time it was the number one prescribed flower remedy. I don't know if it still is, but it's, again, super relevant. Um, and, again, when we're overthinking, when we're lost in worry, um, we're not present, right? So that's the inability to be present, you know, to be present. Um, you know, another one is the wild rose I talked about is sort of when we have a disconnection from life, when we're suffering apathy, then, yeah, we're not able to be present. So these are the ones that sort of bring us back to our presence, bring us back to our connection with life. And, um, yeah, I think um, they're more relevant than ever, really, this category. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I think the – I think there is a, um, a desire to – 
avoid <laughs> present circumstances. I mean, to you know, yeah. that, that is their insufficient interest. But I mean, it's it is, I guess, an escape to um, try and um, block out or try to um, just um, ignore some present circumstances. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, quite honestly, when when we're looking at the state of the world. Um, there are just so many um, unusual happenings, you know, that yeah. can be stress-creating that it's, um, you know, one might begin to wonder, you know, what, what what is this present all about? You know, is this necessary kind of thing? Well, you're right about that. And I do think that because there's so much pain and suffering, like sometimes we do just want to block it out. And that's kind of when we mm-hmm. go into like habit patterns. It's just, you know, how do we escape? Um, but I think that we don't ever really escape it anyway. Like we could, we could say, you know, I'm just going to, you know, look over here. <laughs> you know, don't look there, look mm-hmm. over here. And, and in that way I'm protecting myself. But I think we begin to suffer uh, in the inner sense. You know, that whether it comes up through nightmares or addiction or bad relationships, you know, it finds us. So that's, that's what I love so much about this healing modality or, you know, any holistic healing modality, but this is just my healing modality of choice, is that it kind of allows us to go into the scary places, but it holds us. And that's what the flowers like especially do that you know I tell people if you're not ready for this it's not like you're going to take the remedy and all of a sudden things are going to you know the trauma is going to come up and you're not going to be able to handle it the whole essence of flower therapy is that it puts us into a state that is that we're able to connect with the deeper energy that holds us so it helps us to get through it so like you know, for instance, um, mustard is the remedy when we feel a sense of depression for no known reason, when it just kind of comes on. could be at the end of a long, dark winter. It could be um, we're just not really aware. Maybe we're not looking at what it is that's making us feel so dark. But so what the remedy would do then is it's not like it would make us remember the, the trauma and then we would have to go into hiding, more what it would do is it would support the healing. So that's the great thing about the flowers is it's only going to take you as deep as you're ready to go. And it's always going to bring you to a place within yourself where you can handle it. It's there, They're there to support. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's. Yeah, I can see, you know, the um, – the idea of it being um, kind of a safe way to to work with, work through some of those emotional challenges. Um, now, one, one of the other ones I thought that was interesting too was um, oversensitive to influences and ideas. Um, boy, <laughs> there are, yeah, we just have to look at social media <laughs> to, to see about yeah. influences and ideas. Um, but tell, tell us a little bit about um, that kind of emotional challenge and, and um, how uh, a, a flower therapy might be able to assist. Yeah, well, oversensitivity, again, I think is getting more and more relatable. Like you just said, with social media, it's like, you know, we're looking outward into other people's lives and, and you know, then it, 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 we connect with it in a way that maybe we don't want to, right? Whether we're comparing mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. to other people or we're jealous or whatever it is, right? There's this sensitivity. Um, I think too, like just with, with the world, you know, with the world getting seemingly so much more intense, you know, because we have all this media that we can kind of, you know, see the news all the time or hear what other people are thinking, that um, there is more and more people who identify as sensitive beings in this world. And I I definitely identify as a sensitive person. And so um, there are four remedies in this category. And the one that I feel like is um, that just about everyone can relate to is the walnut flower. And so one way that I remembered when I was studying what walnut was for, when we look at a walnut, right, 
the hard shell is protecting the fruit that's on the inside. So one of the things that Walnut Remedy does is it protects us from outside energies. So anybody who can feel easily the energies of others, maybe when they go out in public or people who, um, you know, who are therapists or, or anybody, you know, who works on an emotional level with other people, oftentimes at the end of the day, we can like feel absorbent of the energy of others. So the walnut flower really gives us that sense of protection, that boundary. Right. And so um, this one has been helpful, I think, probably with everybody I've ever worked with. Um, yeah. And so um, actually, I keep it on my desk. I make a spray of the rescue remedy, which we'll talk about in a minute, and walnut flower. And I spray it in my space after I've met with a client and uh, just to kind of like neutralize the air, neutralize the energy. Um, but yeah, I, I love walnuts for that. And then, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into the other oversensitivity flowers because they're, they're a little deeper. They're a little more complex. But walnut, for anyone who feels outside energy, I, I highly recommend. Yeah. And, and I like the affirmation for walnut. As my boundaries are resilient as I encounter external forces. I am protected as I cross over thresholds of change. And I trust my sensitive awareness to guide me. It sounds like it's a, a, a wonderful um, affirmation of, of protection, of, of um, you know, kind of um, being true to oneself in a way. Mm, yeah, thank you for reading that. Absolutely. And that's, that points out what I was saying earlier about um, how if, you know, you're not using flower remedies, if you just want to work with the essence of the remedies, the essence of the flowers themselves with the book and the deck, I mean, sometimes I'm out in the world and I don't have my remedies with me and I might be feeling a little vulnerable. And so the, the affirmations just sort of come to me because I know them so well. But that first line, my boundaries are, re are resilient as I encounter external forces. I can just simply remind myself of that, right, to just catalyze some of the healing energy, and that works too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, one of the and one of the, the last one I want to talk about um, is the overcare for welfare of others. Um, you know, and that that one kind of stuck out to me because you know we are in a period where, you know, care for others um, has, you know, kind of been in the forefront, you know, of of our daily lives. And then, you know, the idea of um, maybe others not having that same kind of uh, caring um, sense of being um, kind of can create challenges. So can you talk a little bit about the idea of overcare for the welfare of others? Yeah, so that is, that's an interesting way that Dr. Bach puts it, overcare for welfare of others, because when mm -hmm. you get to know these five flowers, they're, they're, it's interesting. It's like, why, why do, these are like the control flowers. I call them the control flowers for, for kind of to give you context. And like, why do people feel a need to control or a need to manipulate is often because they feel unsafe. Um, and so when we're trying to be dom domineering of others, like vine is the one of those five flowers that is most about domination, control, intensity. And, um, you know, it seems like the, the a vine type person would just like, you know, want to wanna dominate someone they're in relationship with. But like, why? It's not necessarily that they care so much, but more that they don't feel so confident in who they are. So this category, it is a little tricky, and, and I love teaching it because when I teach it to students and clients, we really kind of dig into these maybe, um, you know, not so nice parts of ourselves. Like, like how do I look at the vine inside myself? Like, like when am I holding on so tightly that I can't just trust? So there, I would say they're about trust. Um, they're about 
relinquishing control and just seeing that relationships really flow a lot better when we're not trying to control them. So I would say all five of these flowers have an aspect of control in relationship. So, um, yeah, like, let's just look at the, the vine. I just want to look at the vine, um, the vine yeah, affirmation. Yeah. I practice tolerance in my relationships, right? As I relinquish control, I find freedom within. I love that line. Just when I'm letting go, I'm actually getting more freedom. Like, oftentimes we think that when we're holding tightly, we're going to get what we want. And then in letting go, I create true power. So, I mean, that says so much, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, the idea of um, of control, and particularly when it comes to relationships, that um, for, for some people, um, it, it can be, a, that letting go can be real challenging. I mean, you know, the idea of allowing the other person you know, kind of to be who they are, you know, and um, not to try and control a relationship, but um, but letting letting and letting go can be a for some people can be a real challenge. Um, so uh, for I know for me years uh, letting go was uh, was a real challenge for me, you know, and uh, you know after learning, you know, and recognizing that you know it's. It feels so much better, you know, to just allow rather than try to dictate. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying that, Robert. It feels better on the inside. And that's the whole point is, like, we know when something feels amiss on the inside. And so so that's why, you know, this sort of work helps us to really touch what it is we're feeling without shame, without guilt, um, and then just kind of go into how we can transform it within ourselves. Because like you said, when it is transformed, you feel so much better, right? So that's that's the end goal for sure, is <laughs> to, you know, feel freer yeah. on the inside. Oh, exactly, exactly. And I think we all can use a little bit of that, uh, a lot of that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, now, um, you mentioned we talked a little bit. Of, um, and you mentioned about the emergency formula. There's Dr. Bach's emergency formula, and it's um, a five-flower formula. So tell us about that, because it sounds like you know when you're dealing with intense trauma, that that would be a a go-to kind of essence. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the emergency formula, it. It uh, lives under the brand name of Rescue Remedy, which I think most people really do know what that is. If, they, if they're unfamiliar with the rest of the flowers, they've seen Rescue Remedy at the pharmacy, at the Whole Foods. Um, and it is Dr. Bach's only combination formula that he created. It consists of five flowers. Um, two of them are in the fear category. And he created it because he wanted to have a formula on hand to give to people for acute instances of trauma. And uh, we can talk about trauma like capital T trauma, like I was in an automobile accident um, and I'm in the hospital. You know, that's super traumatic. Lowercase trauma could be like, um, lowercase T trauma could be like, I got into a fight with my partner and now I'm just, my nerves are kind of jangled, right? So you can use rescue remedy in either case. And the idea is um, when you feel a sense of acute intensity, intense emotion, and you just kind of want to, like, bring it back to center. Um, you take four drops of it as often as needed to kind of bring you back to this state of presence. And uh, it usually only takes me, like, two or three doses. So the other way is, is it, can, it can be used prophylactically, like if you're um, going for a doctor's exam and you're really nervous or you're going to take um, a test, you know, a written test, and you're really nervous. You can kind of take it to quell your emotions. And I also tell um, students and clients, like, to definitely keep a bottle on hand. I keep a bottle in my purse, um, and so it's with me at all times. But kind of like if you're doing this sort of reflective, energetic healing work, and maybe you're kind of confused and you're not really knowing where to turn or what it is you're feeling. You just kind of feel intensified. 
you can take rescue remedy for a day or two to sort of open up your emotional picture and kind of then be able to more home in on what it is you need. And so, yes, for a lot of clients who I'm starting out with, if they're suffering from really extreme trauma, I'll just give them rescue remedy for about a week or two before we do any other work. And it always does the trick of kind of bringing them back to center so that then they can actually reflect on what the deeper needs or emotions are. Okay, great. Um, now, we've been talking about, you know, the using the, you know, the essence, using the um, the formulas, uh, you know, in as a you know, healing therapy. Um, how, what, uh, in what other way, other than actually partaking in the, you know, the, the essences, um, can one um, still bring that energy, that essence, you know, into their life? Like, for example, you know, your oracle deck. You've got, you know, you've got the wonderful photos, I mean, the, you know, illustrations um, and affirmations. So, you know, that would, I, I guess, would be one way of being able mm-hmm. to um, bring them in. Is there, is there, are there any other ways um, that one can, um, you know, partake of the essence without having to, you know, mm-hmm. you know internalize, you know, the, the actual formula? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think I think the best way is to be in nature. I mean, I think that nature is always going to hold us and heal us. Um, I myself grow, I try to grow um, as many of the box flowers as I can so that I can really go and be with them in person and watch their growth habits throughout the year. Um, I mean, you know this through your photographer's lens that, you know, you're, you're witnessing the flowers, and I imagine that every time you go out into nature that you are touching the energy of the flowers, and it's making you feel fulfilled. It's making you feel more whole. That's why you do it, right? And um, mm-hmm. and so I think that being in the energy of nature is the best way to connect with any of the healing energy of any of the flowers. I, I just believe that. And uh I myself, you know, go on hikes often, I go to parks, I go to botanical gardens. I tell people that, um, you know, if you can go outside every single day, even if it's just to be in your own backyard, and really just sit mindfully, quietly, and absorb the energy, it's there, you feel it. I've never talked to, I, I've never not had a person who didn't feel the the energy that they're held with in nature. Um, yeah, so I think that that's the best way. I also think um, another way that I love to, to connect with the energy of the flowers is to sketch them. So, like, you know, taking pictures is one way. I also like to take pictures of flowers, but sketching them. I learn so much about a flower by sketching it. Like, I could be working with the remedies for years and years, and then I have the opportunity to sketch the flower, and I learn so much more. I gain so much more information. So those are just a couple of simple ways. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, and, and you're right. Well, when I'm out um, photographing uh, flowers, <laughs> quite often it's um, I'll it'll seem like I am hearing a flower going, take my picture, take my picture, you know, and then you know, and then I go, right. like, okay, let me see what let me see what your best side is here, <laughs> you know, and, and look around and. You know, kind of, uh, you know, like for example, the hibiscus with the big stem coming out of the, the center of the stamen, I guess. Is a, you know, I mean, that mm-hmm. is a, it's so distinctive and it's like, you know, to me that flower is saying, you know, this is me reaching out, you know, this is my reaching out kind of, um, so anyway, but, um, you know, but yeah. I, I, I think that, um, you know, it, it is a wonderful, you know, um, in addition to the idea of stopping and smelling the roses and all the other kinds of um, things that uh, you know support um, a nature connection is is, is wonderful. So, uh, guys, we're down toward the end of the show, Dina. So, is there um, what what is it that you hope that the so user of the Oracle deck um, will gain by by its use? Well, I. Imagine that everyone who who wants to 
discover the Oracle deck, that it will, it will enliven their sense of the energy of flowers, that it will inspire them to go out and be with the flowers and to just keep listening to flowers. Um, you know, I felt like that was such a, a powerful title because when we're connecting with the energy of nature, we really are listening. We're listening for what is being called to be heard and, um, you know, to just hear the resonance of the flowers that's connected in our own souls. That's what my hope is for everyone who connects with my Oracle deck. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a wonderful. Yeah, and I, I can see the... Um, the healing capability um, that uh, your your deck provides, and the, I mean the affirmations as I've gone through that are all wonderful, positive affirmations, and and simple. You know, and I think that's also a, a key to um, to that connection is having it simple and not have to think a lot. <laughs> you know, it's kind of that would be basic. Yes, agreed, Robert. Well, Dina, this has really been a treat. I really want to thank you, and I know that when I go out and take pictures tomorrow, <laughs> the flowers that will be opening my ears and my mind a little bit wider to hear what maybe they're saying. So I, I appreciate that as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for a beautiful time, Robert. I appreciate you. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dina Salisi, and we have been talking about her new Oracle deck and guidebook, Listening to Flowers, Positive Affirmations to Invoke the Healing Energy of the 38 Ark Flowers. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is dinasalisi.com, and that's D-I-N-A-S-A-A-L-I-S-I.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.